We are live at Seeing Red Live on a Thursday night. Audi MLS Cup Playoff Edition. The New York Red Bulls will play for the sixth time in postseason history. DC United in a playoff series in MLS. Tonight on Seeing Red, we're going to be taking your calls. We're going to be talking New York Red Bulls, and we're going to be talking DC United. Mark Fishkins here. Dan Dickinson and Eric Giacometti are joining me. Dan, how are you tonight? Doing all right. This is a mostly full Voltron. It, it, this is a three-quarter Voltron, as they say. Uh, excited for the matchup? Did tonight tonight go as you suspected? Uh, I didn't expect it to be as much of a blowout uh, for Montreal's favor as uh, it ended up being, but credit to them. Absolutely credit. Eric Giacometti is here as well. Hello, Eric. Hey, what's up, Mark? How's it going? Very, very happy to have you on our first live show. So we're through three playoff games. I'm just kind of curious, what is your opinion of what's happened so far? Three games, three home wins. I guess that, that that's good portents for Portland tonight. Yeah, I mean, in, in that way, it makes it seem like it's almost scripted. But there's been a lot of craziness in those games. You, you know, you look at the 2-2 uh, first half that L.A. and Seattle had. And then this thrashing, I don't, I don't think uh, not too many people saw this coming. I think most people picked Montreal. But the way they just came out so flat was a little bit shocking. And I think we have our first caller. Mr. Marsh, is that you, sir? Oh, we had him and we lost him. Oh, my goodness. That was Jesse Marsh, who we believe was calling in um, in to talk to Seeing Red Live and give his first impressions on exactly what is going on. Jesse, are you there, sir? Jesse Marsh. Hmm. We're trying to bring you the coach of the New York Red Bulls in right here. Jesse, are you there? Yes, this is me. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Thanks for calling in. It's Seeing Red Live. We are live going out to the Red Bulls Nation. Obviously, you will be facing D.C. United. Your first thoughts on playing a team that you've handled with some ease this season? Um, Not going to be an easy task. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, behind the New York DC, uh, matchup and rivalry. And so, um, you know, I, I know that maybe on paper, it, it may look like a good matchup, but I know that in these kinds of games that anything can go. And we know that with the emotion and, and the revenge that DC will have on their mind, that this, this is not going to be easy by any means. Jesse, given that you're just now finding out who the opponent is, does it change anything about the preparations in the last couple of days? I know you guys have been coming off the shield win and, and trying to get ready, but do, does the knowing the opponent and knowing you're going down to RFK change anything? Well, yeah. I mean, now I think, you know, it, I mean, typically the, our weekly process is, you know, a day after the game we do regen, then we hit the second day off, we have off, and then we come back together and we look at, you know, some video of the last game and and think about, you know, what went well, what we needed to work on, uh, how we need to improve moving forward. And then, you know, then the the day after that we train. And then, you know, by the third day of training, we start the preparation for, for what the weekend's match will be. And so that's kind of where we'll be at tomorrow. Uh, Obviously we know DC very well. Um, We played three good games against them. Um, we have a lot of respect for them and, and know that above everything else, they're, they're, they're a team, they're coach primarily, and they're a team of great competitors. Uh, so we're going to have to be up for a big challenge. In many ways, it's going to be like a heavyweight fight. So uh, that's kind of, I think, where our mentality will be at, where our mindset will be at. We'll be ready to go down to D.C. and, and lay it all out there. Uh, Jesse, I asked you about this after training today uh, in regards to the matchups you guys were looking for. You said you really had no preference, but uh, Fabian Espindola has made no qualms about the fact that he wanted New York. So can you just talk about what goes into that and if you know maybe that gets you guys up for this match? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's his old team, I think, Fabian Espindola. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't played against him in the three games that we've had this year, so I'm sure he's going to take pride in the fact that now that he's involved that things are going to be different. Reality is that they will be different because he's in many ways their best player. Um, but, you know, we're going to be who we are. We're going to be confident to, to go down to D.C. and play an aggressive game, uh, you know, go after them, make, make the game fast, put the game on our terms like we always have. You know, I mean, I think more than anything, we want to make sure that in the playoffs and in big games that we play to who we are and to our strengths and make sure that that, you know, the game plays out in, in a manner which we think we can be successful. So 
you know, I've said all season long, and in a lot of the things I've said, I sound like a broken record, but mostly because <laughs> those are the things I believe in. But we've had a lot of big games this year, you know, and, and that's one of the things that that's one of the nice things I think about playing in the New York market, about having New York City in our market now, about playing in the Eastern Conference and having a lot of rivalries is you played so many big games throughout a season that by the time you get to the playoffs, I think you're you're rather seasoned and ready to go. So this group gets it. We're, we're ready to go. Um, we know it won't be easy. I think in, in many ways, D.C. is a tough matchup for us, but we'll be ready to go. Jesse, you uh, in your comments earlier today, you had mentioned that despite the fact that you've guys won the Shield and finished first in the conference, at this point, there's really no advantage that the Red Bulls have. Could you explain a little bit about what you meant? Yeah, well, you know, I, I the, the way that the playoff format sets up in MLS uh, in the current day and age means that you play one game at home and one game away. Um, you know, if you're the higher seed, you play away first. In many ways, that's a disadvantage because the tone of the series gets set at the lower seeds venue which means that in many ways, if you don't win that game as the high seed, that you have to come home and chase the game, which can not always be an advantageous situation. Uh, you could look at it the other way and say, if you go on the road and get a result, then you can come home. But any, however you want to look at it, there's really not much of an advantage. So uh, you play home and away. You have to find a way to gain an edge in the series in, in both games. It's four halves, four quarters. You have to find a way to manage each half and each quarter. Know that each in every game, the next goal is the most important goal. The next play is the most important play. And find a way to, to have a steadiness uh, and, and a belief and a way in which you want to play and in which way in which you want to put the series on your terms. So, again, that's, that's, a, that's how we've operated all year. And we'll be ready. You know, I, I know this group and I know we'll be ready. Jesse, just uh, stepping away from the playoffs for a second, have you had any time to reflect on, as a coach, winning your first piece of silverware and, and what that means for you personally? No way, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh-uh. There's no time for patting ourselves on the back or thinking about anything other than we've got a big, big goal ahead of us that we're hungrier than ever. We're not satisfied. Um, there's not one second that I've spent to, to, to appreciate anything other than the fact that we're going to keep going. So, you know, we had, a, we had, there was some, you know, the, the celebration even on Sunday night was, was pretty subdued. It was, you know, we're appreciative of, of where we've come and, and what we've been able to achieve, but it almost is no different than any other sort of big road win. And I think that, again, the focus for this team and the concentration for making real history, you know, going after this thing in all ways to honor the belief we have in who we are and honor um, everything that we've built this year. We, we want to we finish it the right way. It's going to continue to be the same emphasis, which is one game at a time. We're going to down, down to D.C. And, again, we're ready for a heavyweight fight. We know that in all ways that D.C. is going to make us make us earn this. So we respect them. Um, we, you know, in many ways we loathe them, but in, in, in a way that I think is respectful and in a way that will be good for a, a great series. Jesse, before we let you go, we just have one uh, question from listeners who are tweeting at us as you're chatting with us. Um, Rick Resnick asks, do you think it would be more fair to have single-game playoff rounds at the higher seed instead of this home and away? Would that be more of an advantage to you guys? Would you like yeah, to see that? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I think that the, the playoff setup is entertaining for the fans. I think it's actually uh, – it's, it's, it makes for really good um, – entertainment and games and, and good TV. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know that the format needs to change, but one of the questions I got today and Eric, Eric can bust this is why did the teams of the past, why did the sports shield teams and the higher ranked teams have more success? And I said, well, they had home field advantage, which meant that they played in a, a two out of three series or right. a first to five points. And it meant that you actually had an advantage by having more home games or, you know, in some way, shape or form gaining that advantage. So, you know, but, but 
there's, you know, this is what it is. And I'm not, we're not here to complain about it or question it. I think that our league has grown so much. And right now to, I think our league is in a really good place. And, and if we stop to think about or, or question or worry about what it should, should or shouldn't be, then we're going to miss the fact that we have a really good opportunity ahead of us and we need to go after it in all ways. Jesse Marsh is the head coach of the Supporters Shield champion, New York Red Bulls. Jesse, best of luck against D.C. and all the way. We'll be talking to you soon. Right on, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for joining us. If you would like to talk to us on Seeing Red Live, you can use this here number, 347-756-6276. We are here at least through 10 o'clock to talk to you all night long about all things New York Red Bulls. We know that you're out there. Uh, if there's even a D.C. fan, we'll take your call as well. So, Eric, let's start here. Your thoughts on hearing that it's D.C. as the opponent. Obviously a ton of history there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it matches up pretty well for this Red Bulls team in terms of uh, the outcomes they've had in their first three matchups. Uh, they seem to play, you know, very well against them. They obviously have the motivation from being, you know, historic rivals with DC. I do think that DC actually will pose up uh, a little bit more problems than people are giving them credit for. This still is a talented DC team that, if if they can get hot uh, and and make a run at it, they can definitely cause some problems for New York. So I think it's going to be a very competitive two legs. I think we have our first caller who is ready to chat. Area code nine one four. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Matt from Westchester. Hey, Matt. How are you? What do you want to talk about on Seeing Red Live? I mean, I want to talk about is the uh, the scum, you know, has been pretty, haven't, you know, played pretty well. Like, And I even thought it was a pretty ugly game on Wednesday. Uh, do you think with the way that they're playing right now that and the way that we're playing is that it kind of feels a little bit like a trap series to me? I mean, I know emotionally, you know, they they are, you know, like the awful team from D.C., but, you know, right now it's still like a, an ugly, like underperforming team nonetheless. Well, this is a, a D.C. team that went 3-6-1 and one down the stretch, and you know they, they, they had kind of punched their playoff ticket in the first half of the season, but they faded really badly. And yes, I mean, if you're looking at playoff games, you're not necessarily going to find beauty. I mean, that, this is going to be a knockdown, uh, drag-out street fight between these two teams. I don't think they're terribly, terribly quick. I know, as we talked to earlier with Jesse, I mean, Fabian Espindola obviously would love to get back at this club. If you remember, obviously, yeah. last year, he got the red card for bumping the ref mm-hmm. after the game, and, he's, and he missed uh, two games with suspension and then one game with injury. And let's, and let's not forget the fact that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he hasn't played a single game against us this year. Yeah, right. That's right. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, at this point, is it fair to call any anything a trap, right? There, it's a five-game season. New York is going to have to go out there and get it if they want it. And so, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I, I was surprised that they were able to get by New England. If you believe uh, the, the, the Geiger show, maybe they shouldn't have. But yeah. nevertheless... You know, they got through. They're a, they are a tough yeah. team at home there. They're a, they finished 11-3-3 and at home this season, yeah. and it'll I be mean, um, it'll be an adventure going in there. I mean, I just, uh, I imagine you were there, you know, like in 2014, but I was at the Houston game, mm-hmm. um, the divisional round, um, where, you know, we were highly touted as a Border Shield winner. And I just don't want, you know, like something where, you know, like they just take the piss out of us, you know, down in RFK, and we aren't able to recover, given. I think, you know, like we are considerably stronger um, team psychologically now than we were then. But, um, I mean, I do root for this team. Absolutely. Well, listen, we've got a lot of calls. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. If you want to talk to us live, the number is 347-756-6276. Area code 908. You're on Seeing Red Live. Hi, it's Paul. Vernick. Hello, Paul. Hi, Paul Vernick. Is this your one call for the night from the Vernick House? My one and only call. Excellent. Um, what do you want to talk okay. about, sir? So, just want to kind of be living in the moment right now. I mean, I don't want to look that much ahead. I have these wild and very optimistic views of the team. But I just want to uh, ask out there, how many of like listeners will be going down to D.C. this Sunday? Be it bus, train, or planes, trains, automobiles, however you want to get down there. Because, I mean, this team really deserves your support. 
Uh, I was one of the fans that wasn't able to go to Chicago uh, due to uh, having to fly reasons. And, I mean, D.C., if you haven't done it before, get on the bus. It's a yes. fun trip. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it's the scum, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, listen, thanks, Paul. I mean, obviously, I don't believe that the league has set the time yet. Gentlemen, have you seen an official time uh, noted by the league for the game? Not yet. Not yet. So hopefully that will come at the conclusion of tonight's matches. But, you know, if you have the means, absolutely please uh, get on down to D.C. this weekend. It really, uh, the team, I know, and this is one of the challenges of playing the three six games on the second night, right, is not finding out uh, 72 hours before this game was going to happen. So it will definitely be interesting. Hopefully a big crowd. Area code 718, turn down your volume and talk to us on Seeing Red Live. I'm sorry, I'm not much of a radio pro. Um, That's okay, neither are we. So happy to be here. Dave from Jackson Heights, how are you guys doing today? Good, Dave. How are you? What do you want to talk about? I'm doing great. Listen, D.C. United versus the Red Bulls, I mean, a classic rivalry, but I think that New York this year has the ability to match up well against Benny Ball. So your thoughts, guys, and excuse me, I'm so excited to be on the show. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to catch my breath. Dave, we're pretty excited you were able to make time in your calendar to call in as well. Uh, Dan, <laughs> Dan, you want to take this? Was there a question? I don't know. Question. Dave's just too excited. Dave, you I'm just ask so excited a to be on this show. That's Benny the, Ball, oh, Benny Ball versus Marsh. I, I want you guys to break down. Give me an analysis here. I think that the Red Bulls match up very well to D.C. I, I just want to leave it up to the experts. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Does, is this a good matchup for the Red Bulls here in, in this next round in the playoffs? And, and excuse my excitement, guys. No it's, no, it's totally understandable, Dave. I mean, you've never been on the show before. I, I think it is a good matchup. If you look at the head-to-head records against everybody else who was in the East, um, Red Bulls actually had the best record against D.C., so... Um, I think the high presses worked pretty well. They got two shutouts, uh, both at Red Bull Arena as part of that. Uh, nice come from behind draw uh, at RFK. It was back in April. So, you know, the, the Benny Ball system has not been working terribly well in the second half of 2015. Um, and, I, you know, I think they haven't played a lot of teams that play high pressure. So, um, I think the advantage is definitely on the Red Bull side, but as Mark was saying earlier, you know, it's the playoffs. There are no easy games. Dan, I always agree with you. I mean, absolutely right on point. And listen, guys, Eric Giacometti is the future, and I'm going to make those T-shirts and put them on the OS. So thank you guys very <laughs> much for having me on, and uh, congratulations to you guys and to all the Red Bull fans out there. Have thanks, a great Dave. show, fellas. Your, your check is in the mail, Dave. Thank you. Dave, thanks for taking the time to make us part of your evening. I love you guys. There you go. To talk to us live on Seeing Red Live, it's 347-756-6276. Please call us and talk to us. This is your sports radio, Red Bulls fans. Area code 908, who's this? Hi, Ira Jersey. Ira, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. Uh, I'm so happy we're going to be playing D.C., trying to figure out how to get down there, but my son has uh, his own playoff game that day, which is a one-off, so I'm hoping to... uh, see that and then see the Red Bulls win, uh, win as well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You want to tell everyone about the project you've been working on since you got through? Yeah, so, so social media is such a wonderful thing. A few of us on one of the uh, discussion groups were talking about ways to try and motivate the team to uh, do really well and let them know that we support them for, uh, for this playoff run. And instead of doing something like buying a billboard or something like that near, uh, near the training ground or near Red Bull Arena, uh, someone said, "Hey, why don't we uh, why don't we just buy tickets for some for some people and fill up, to help fill up the stadium?" So the idea was, okay, maybe we can buy 25 or 30 tickets for some kids from Newark or Harrison. Uh, so far, we've raised four thousand two hundred ninety-eight dollars, which will get us about 190 tickets for the Boys and Girls Club of Newark to send um, their families to the arena on November the eighth. And I just want to thank all the generosity of all the supporters and everyone who's given their $10 or $20 or $50 or $100. Uh, it's really been a great outpouring of support by the supporters, and I just want to thank everyone um, and, uh, and hope that we can even uh, break our goal of $5,000 and send even more families to, uh, to watch the great match that's going to be on November 8th. 
Excellent, Ira. Thank you so much. It's a great reminder for fans. If you haven't bought your tickets to the uh, November 8th game, and yes, the, the time of the game has yet to be announced, you better get in now because there are very, very few available tickets even now uh, more than a week away. So, Ira, thanks so much for calling in. you have a prediction for Sunday? Thanks, Mark. Uh, I, think, I think away we'll probably get, uh, get them two to one, and then at home it'll be a big. All right. There you go. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. The number to talk to us live is 347-756-6276. We have over 5,000 fans listening live and some in Germany. Good morning. Good morning to you in Germany listening to Seeing Red Live after dark. So new caller coming in. Thank you. Area code 914. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, boys. It's Dan from uh, Cincinnati now. Hello. How are you? today? I'm doing all right. Quick uh, shout-out to Dave from uh, Jackson Heights and Jerry from Queens. There you go. Talk to us. Jerry, What's on Jerry your mind? from Queens will call, he'll call in later, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously I'm excited that it's uh, D.C. again in the playoffs. That's always a, a fun time. And uh, after watching them, you know, pretty – not not up close uh, in person, but after watching them, you know, last Sunday, I think Lloyd Sam's going to have a field day against Taylor Kemp. Um, but my one worry in, in the playoffs for the Red Bulls really uh, is just Matt Miazga. And, you know, I mean, it's the first really big, uh, you know, point of the season, uh, still a young guy. I wonder how he's going to do, you know, with even more pressure on him. Eric, any thoughts on Miazga's first real big pressure playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big test for him. He's He's been, you know, one of the rocks in defense. I mean, other than Pernell, who's been there more often, but whenever Miazga's in there, it seems like their their defensive record is much better. So uh, he's he's put the likes of uh, Jovinko, Kaká, Drogba in his back pocket uh, over the course of the season. So uh, he's going to have another tough test coming up, but uh, I think he'll be up for it. Dan, who do you, who do you think? Uh, let's give a prediction for Sunday in the series. Sunday and the series, yeah. Um, I mean Sunday, I think it'll be maybe a one-one draw. And then I see the Red Bulls winning two to one at home. All right, we like in the it. second game. So three. Uh, what is that? Three two. Three two. Excellent. I think Red Bulls fans were like it. Is is very curious though. You said DC, and that's always fun. Of course, it was really only fun starting last year when the Red Bulls were actually able to get over the hump. I can I can share with you just how not fun that's been actually over the years. But I I think with the, certainly last year and with all the the positive energy you heard from Jesse March earlier tonight this year, hopefully things will be a lot better. But thank you so much for calling in. Thank you guys. Just to run down DC and who, if you if you don't remember, we haven't played DC for a while. It was tw- two games against DC in the first four weeks of the season, and then the three nothing win in late August. Chris Rolf, Chris Rolf, led DC in scoring ten goals and four assists. Fabian Espindola, who did not in fact play against the Red Bulls, five goals and seven assists in seventeen games. Uh, Jairo Arrieta coming over from Columbus, five and two. Sabario four and zero, and then an injury. Perry Kitchen three and one. Party boy Chris Pontius three and one. Of course, Bill Hamid is really what it's all about—the real deal—and made lots and lots of quality saves. Of course, New York outscored DC uh, seven to two this season in three matches, so they're going to be extra extra confident. Bring in, bring in another caller, please. They dropped. Okay. You know the number to call us. It's okay. We have a sad emoji from producer Trevor. 347-756-6276. If you've never called, if you've never listened, if you have always wanted to hear the dulcet tones of Dan Dickinson uh, replying to you live and in real time. No one wants to hear that. No, I, I think that's not the case. I think people want to talk to you. Now, I do know that over the course of the week, I believe Joe Beningo at WFAN made uh, a lot of friends among soccer fans by, by listing out what a great uh, sports team that New York City was and actually said, we even got two stupid soccer teams. Well, let me tell you, Beningo, this is your sports talk radio right here. It's Seeing Red Live, and we definitely want to hear from you. Area code 201, you're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, this is Josh Gabriel from Jersey. How are you, Josh? Or, what do you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, you know, uh just finished watching the uh, Montreal-Toronto game and uh, absolute poor showing from Toronto. Huh? And, um, yeah, so, I mean, go, the past week, you know, 
looking at the matchups after we finished up, you know, it seemed overwhelming that kind of the team that everyone wanted to face was DC and it kind of looked unlikely, you know, before the playoffs started, but you know, here we are. I feel like this is the team that they match up best against, you know, um, I know we didn't play Fabian, Fabian Espinola didn't play in any of the games. And I think we only saw Sabarillo once, but uh, New York has shown um, that this is the team, you know, that they, they play really, they match up real well against them. And, you know, Lloyd Sam, I think, usually has his best game. So I, I really think, you know, I like their chances in this round. And uh, especially for the uh, the whole playoffs, you know, I know the Supporters Shield kind of, the they don't really, you know, Supporters Shield winners, they don't normally fare well in the MLS Cup playoffs. But uh, I really like their chances this year. I think the bracket kind of set up real well for us. Let me ask you this. Assuming that the Red Bulls are able to get by D.C., who would you rather face, Columbus or Montreal? Ooh, uh, I probably, believe it or not, I probably would want to see Columbus, mm. maybe. Okay. Only because I know that they're, they, they, they're not very well. They don't play very well away from home. I know they concede a lot of goals. And, um, you know, and uh, I'm a little scared of Piotti and uh, Drugma, to be honest, right now. So it could change maybe, you know, after watching them play i think uh sunday as well but uh yeah uh right now i'll say columbus all right fair enough eric giacometti you have any thoughts on uh the best matchup in a possible eastern conference finals yeah it's it's tough either way uh i actually think yeah columbus might be a a better matchup for the red bulls i i just like he alluded to drogman piatti are are two uh monsters in, in in the in the Montreal team so either way I there's a lot of parity in this league as we all know so you know either way the matchup folds out is, is going to be a tough one for New York but luckily they, they do have that home field advantage and with the way goals coming into uh, the playoff system this year it's going to add another wrinkle into everything so we'll see how that plays out if they're a little more aggressive or if uh, you know if they sit back when they when they have the chance to get those way goals. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, New York shut out only twice all season long, uh, which was good enough, as we learned looking at the uh, the fact and record book for third best all time in MLS history. And you gotta you gotta let that feel good when you when you're gonna go on the road and score some goals. So, Josh, thank you so much for calling in, man. Are you gonna be able to make the trip? Uh probably won't make the trip to DC. I'll you know definitely season ticket. I'll definitely be at the game on Sunday. Uh, um, the, the home leg. You know, hopefully, maybe uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll be able to make the big trip. I've never been to a away game before, so uh, maybe I'll see if I can swing it. All right, thank you so much for calling and talking and seeing Red Live tonight. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Great show. All right, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I think that that uh, I mean, Columbus, Montreal. It, it, I mean, Columbus has given New York plenty of hassle. Area code nine one seven. Turn down your phone or computer and talk to us on Seeing Red Live, please. Hey, this is Carissa. Hey, Carissa, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just feeling really happy that we're going to go to DC this weekend. Yes. Um, but uh, so uh, the reason why I called is, is because I I was thinking one of the things that I think uh, in all the conversations about how we're doing so well this year that gets overlooked is the fitness of the team mm. and. Uh, because and one of the things that that got me thinking about that was the whole idea of uh, sporting KC and how the whole sporting fit. And when Marsh came in this at the beginning in the January ta- town hall, he really emphasized just looking at uh, the team's the rest levels, the nutrition levels, which is honestly last season one of the things that I wondered about honestly. And you know, a lot of the longer term fans will always talk about how the team slumps in the middle of the summer, which is when we really started to, to be picking up steam. And I just think that's something that we need to, to appreciate is that the team has been relatively injury free and their endurance in game after game is pretty, pretty high. I mean, look at how many, like, just take Dax, for instance, you know, he, he missed a lot of games last season due to injury. Yep. He's had no, in, he's had no injuries this season. And you know, how many, I mean, good God, how many games has he gone for a full 90 minutes? Yep. And he's just, 
he's just running back and forth. Uh, you know, it just seems very, uh, the person that I compare it to in my mind is Michael Bradley at the world cup last year in, in his endurance level. Absolutely. Eric, you want to give your thoughts on endurance and fitness? Yeah, absolutely. This, it's a concern that, uh, that Jesse actually had to answer a couple of times throughout the year in, in terms of the way that they play and how physically demanding it is. Uh, it was brought up a lot in the middle of the summer when you know, uh, you know, my, myself and some other reporters were asking, well, is this going to be able to be replicated in the heat in Dallas and Houston? And towards the end of the season, are your players going to be burned out? Are they going to be able to handle such a strenuous system over the course of 34 games? And it's, it's gone to prove that it absolutely can. They've, they're very well conditioned. And given you know, the small amount of, of roster uh, rotation and that you, you have the same core of players going in day in and day out uh, for this Red Bulls team. They're still very fit. Uh, I asked them again at the end of the season, does this team feel a little bit run down and fatigued? You know, absolutely not was the answer. They're, they're as fresh as ever. Uh, they're a very fit team and they're, they're very adept at handling the system that Marsh has put out there for them. Carissa, what is your, uh, what's your prediction for the series? Oh, you know, um, you know, I think Ben Olsen has a big chip on his shoulder. I mean, just look at the last time he was he was at Red Bull Arena and the way he was he was following after Marsh. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough. You know, they they own RFK pretty well. Uh, we saw that last year when we went to RFK for the playoffs. So I could see it be a, being a draw in the first leg, but I I could see it being a win. When we get there, I don't like to do scoring because I'm not so good at that. Um, I'm always bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. But I, I think, yeah, I, I think we'll come out of it, though. I think we'll come out of it. Um, but they, like, like, Mar- like Jesse said earlier tonight, they will, they will fight us hard for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Carissa, thanks so much for calling in. Thank there you are- so much. All right, be well. We uh, we keep on rolling three four seven seven five six six two seven six. I'll say it again slower, so you can get your pen three four seven seven five six six two seven six. There are some listening live that seem undone about the fact that we there's not more angst about this team right now, and that somehow when the show is dealing with team and fan angst, things are that much better. Well, we're sorry, callers. This team is the Supporters Shield champion, and they're getting ready to play their hated rival, DC United, for the sixth time in 20 years of MLS playoffs. In all these years, New York has only uh, been able to amass two playoff wins, not just two series wins. They've beaten DC twice in the playoffs, 2-7 and 2 all time during the playoffs against DC, of course, the big one was last November second at Red Bull Arena, a two nothing win that helped combine with a uh, the best loss ever, a one a two one loss at RFK to push New York to the Eastern Finals against New England. So we haven't talked about the West at all, guys. Dan, uh, any thoughts on Seattle and LA knocking that uh, you know knocking LA out of the playoffs at the first hurdle? Dan. Dan, are you muted? Hmm. Eric, any any thoughts? I can't hear. Can you? I, I, I guess I guess Dan went for a walk. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, in in terms of that of that Seattle LA game, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy just to see you know the, the firepower of both those teams. Obviously, that was the the talking point going into that match was obviously the, those high profile stars. Uh, but an LA team that was you know really struggling down the stretch after they picked up. Uh, you know the likes of Dos Santos, and they they really never hit their stride, and it cost them. They they limped into the playoffs with a five seed, had to go on the road against in a very tough environment, and they paid the price. They're out in the first round for the supposed best team ever assembled in MLS history. So just goes to show you what a crapshoot the MLS playoffs is. Well, it is right. I mean, it's a five game season, and I believe it was uh, Gerard who was quoted in his post game comments as saying, "We were really good like four four weeks ago." So, I mean, you know, just like that. And I have to say, I wasn't so enamored with going to the sixth playoff team uh, when they announced it. But having these four knockout games and having put that much more focus on finishing first or second in the conference, I think was terrific. Obviously, because the Red Bulls are able to do that. Uh, Please bring in another caller. Area code 516 on Long Island. You're on Seeing Red. Who's this? Uh, This is Gabe. I'm in Valley Stream. Hey, Gabe and Valley Stream, what do you want to talk about on Seeing Red Live? I was hoping to talk about uh, Jesse Marsh and if he would be uh, getting a contract extension. 
Oh, that's that's a really good question. Uh, I I don't honestly believe that there is any reason that Jesse Marsh will not be coaching this team next season. In terms of, uh, you know, we've heard from Ali Curtis when we've had him on Seeing Red about the relationship between the two of them, and they have grown together uh, as the team gelled, and they were able to pick up this nice shiny hubcap in Chicago last weekend. So I don't see, I mean, you know, I, there's no reason to create any drama here. I mean, um, of, of course, uh, some folks might say that uh, getting this far did nothing to protect Mike Petke from being removed from the group, that, from removed from the team. That said, I believe that Jesse and Ali are perfectly aligned in, in everything they're doing right now, so I can't even imagine. Dan, you want to add to that? Uh, I'm just shocked you said there's no reason twice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No, I, I was just going to – yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I think that, that Jesse has certainly earned an extension if he needs one. I mean, remember that there was all this talk about everybody being unclear as to how long both Jesse and Ali's deal was at the beginning of the season. So if they are on one year, I think they clearly deserve a, an extension. And if they're not, then we don't need to talk about it this year. But we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I remember seeing Jesse was on a one year, but I wanted to say – I want Jesse for at least like another five. The team is all playing on the same page. You know, they're all obviously playing for him. There's a defined system. He, you know, they're all, whenever they talk about how they play, they speak with conviction. It seems like they're all playing for each other. The team is in a better place than I've ever seen him. I've been following for 20 years, but it's been, you know, a few. And it's, it's refreshing to see just such a sense of positivity, not just amongst the fans, but when, the guys are talking and they all know what they're all going after and doing it together. And they seem to be succeeding. And it's just, uh, it's great to see. I, I would love to see Jesse back for at least another five years and just see what he can do. You know, I would take, you know, if we didn't have a great season next year, I think it'd be a little disappointing, but I think we're obviously on the right path. Well, it's hard to argue that things haven't gone swimmingly up until this point and they'll have an opportunity to earn it Sunday at DC. So thanks so much for the call. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Oh, it's our pleasure. New York at RFK all time is only 10-26-7, which is certainly not a sterling record. Of course, it was New York that went down in April two goals early to D.C. and then fought back with a late Lloyd Sam goal right at the stroke of uh, the end of 90 minutes to salvage a point that helped New York start 3-0-4 on the season. Um, nevertheless, call us, call us, talk to us in Seeing Red Live, won't you? The number, 347-756-6276. So, New York, D.C., you know, for the first time, I think it's D.C. that uh, is might be actually plotting a little bit of revenge on New York. But, I mean, they've got to feel over the moon just that they got to this point, no, Eric? Eric? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, the you know, it, it's been it's been a pretty crazy season so far, but uh, you know, lot lots still ahead. So it's you know, we'll see we'll see where it ends up going. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Please, surely there are folks lining up from sea to shining shining sea around the around the tri-state area to talk to us on Seeing Red Live. I mean, listen, I talk to these guys every week. We want to hear from you. This is your chance to make it yourself an internet media superstar and talk to us on Seeing Red Live. Again, the number to call, 347-756-6276. Now, I saw something on Twitter uh, earlier today, Dan. I think Obafemi Martins is getting called into the Nigerian national team and will be away during the international break. And for a team like Seattle that has finally gotten over the hump of beating L.A., that that's not so great, is it? It's not, but it, it's a good uh, good credit to uh, Martins to get to make his way back into the national team picture. Um, the the upshot is the the one international break that MLS always adheres to is the one during right, the playoffs. in the middle of the playoffs. So, right. right. So so we'll get that nice long break and he can go and do that. And so long as he doesn't, you know, break a leg while he's down there, I, I think Seattle will be fine. Yeah. Curious as your guys' thoughts on what we might expect from a Columbus Montreal series. I mean, here you've got 
Uh, Columbus, I mean, Steve Clark absolutely ate himself alive during his game at Red Bull Arena where Mike Grella was able to high press him into two goals. I mean, Columbus is the favored team here on paper from a seeding standpoint, but given the way Montreal's played, I don't think they're the favorites here. I completely agree. I think Montreal are the favorites because, you know, you look at the attacks and you've got Drogba and Piatti from Montreal and you've got um, Kamara and Higuain and uh, Ethan Finley on Columbus. So, that you know, the attacks are both threatening. But the storyline for Columbus this entire season has been how awful their defense has been. And outside of that D.C. game and the, the Toronto game before that, where they finally started stringing together some, some shutouts, they, they've been a sieve. Um, meanwhile, Montreal, you know, you've got Laurent Simon in the back line and a, a couple of other reasonably good defenders. You know, the, I, I think it is tipped towards Montreal. Yeah, for sure. We have a caller calling in, area code 646 here on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Gentlemen, Gary Redman here. How are you guys doing? Hello, Gary. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'll just simply ask one simple question, and then I'll just let you guys discuss this. Back in January, folks had no idea that this team would wind up in the position that we are right now. So I guess what I'm asking is, Simply. in spite of everything, do you guys consider this season a bona fide success or not? Uh, I'll start. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean... Without the yoke of expectation, I mean, as, as I wrote in my piece of the OS, you know, the notion of, of having someone at the town hall stand up and go, yeah, okay, in 10 months, we're going to be the best team in MLS going into the playoffs, I think you would have been laughed out of the building, obviously. Pretty much. And so, you know, this is a team that has had such high expectation on it throughout its history due to the fact that they've had these high-profile, expensive players through most of the team's tenure. And then, you know, you have a team that is certainly not anonymous yet filled with uh, some role players and some quality guys and some completely unknowns. I mean, the notion in January, again, that Mike Grella would do what he did is absolutely incredible. And so I'd have to say through this point, the season has absolutely been a success. Care to add anything, boys? Uh, yeah. Oh, Go ahead, Eric. Okay, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Mark. You, you always have to, when you talk about expectations, you have to think of the context, uh, and especially going back to the season. Uh, one, of the, one of the shocking stats for me is if, if you would have told this fan base at the beginning of the season, a year after losing the likes of Thierry Henry and Tim Cahill, that they would be leading the league in goals, I, I don't think too many of them would, uh, would have taken you up on that. So the, the fact that this team has, has not only uh, you know, won the supporter shield, but in the way that they've done it has been so impressive, they, their consistency. Uh, and, and, and a year that was many people thought was a rebuilding year, where obviously, like you said, the, the big-name stars had gone away from the club. It seemed like it was a transition period. And with transition usually comes a transition year in the, in the standings, where you know, you're just fighting to try to find a new system and implement some new pieces. Meanwhile, this team has, has gone on and, and been one of the best, obviously, supporter shield, if you indicated that way, the best team in MLS. Dan, your thoughts? I'll just tack on and say, you know, besides the Shield, besides qualifying for CCL, besides leading the league in goals, um, you've got a clean sweep over the, the blue team across town. That, that's, that's significant given how many people thought they were going to come out swinging. And above all else, this is a team that's finally playing attacking, fun-to-watch soccer. How many times have we heard over the years that that's the style, you know, every coach comes in and says that. And this is the first time I can recall that a team is consistently playing it. Yes, they had some dips in form here and there, but they were fun to watch the whole year. And and if nothing else, that's a success because it's it's a team people want to watch. That's notwithstanding. Absolutely. Gary, you making a trip to D.C., my friend? Unfortunately, my boss put the kibosh on that little notion because we just simply ran out of time. But I'll leave, I'll get out of here with this comment. Um, last year in New England, we were one goal short. Yep. Um, since we've gone this far, I expect and demand for this team to be one goal better. Uh, maybe my goal is a little bit unrealistic, but I feel fairly confident that this team can reach the final. And I say 
team and not just a collection of superstars, a bunch of ham and eggers and kids. This is a cohesive unit basically on the same mission. And for the very first time, I'm going into these playoffs not with nervous fear or concern that we're going to get hit with the dreaded oh-so-metro hammer. Um, it's not overconfidence, but to be sure, and nothing is guaranteed, especially in the MLS playoffs. But I don't remember a time, Mark, where an entire fan base is beyond sight because they want to see just how far we can go with this squad. Do you yep. agree? Uh, I, I think that is a wonderful way to leave it. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate it. Be well. Gentlemen, thanks for all you do. Good night. <laughs> Thanks. Good night. I know a number of fans uh, have been trying to get through, listeners trying to get through, and then they've kind of given up. Now is the time to call back. 347-756-6276. We're in the home stretch of the Seeing Red Live. We will continue to go as long as you guys are making calls. In the 3 nothing win over DC United at Red Bull Arena on August 30th, New York, which I think a lot of fans think was the most complete victory that the team had all season, the Red Bulls obliterated DC, outshooting them twenty-four to nine, outpossessing them fifty-seven to forty-three, um, and completely and utterly dominating, outpassing them by more than one hundred and forty passes. Which again is absolutely nothing new, given the style of play that this team plays. But that game in particular really stood out as one that. United looked completely bewildered. They had absolutely no answer for New York's style of play. Um, New York, as as they had done, was able to score you know twice by halftime and one on the other side, and that was as dominant a uh, a performance that they had all season long. We have another caller that is calling in. Thank you so much. Area code nine one seven. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Emily Andrews calling from New York. Hi, Emily. How are you? What do you want to talk about on Seeing Red Live? Uh, I uh, would like to ask a question about uh, Jesse Marsh. Yep. Um, I, I consider that the success of the New York Red Bulls is um, in big part due to his um, uh, coaching technique. Yes. And um, is there any way um, somebody would have a Q&A with him to uh, find out more about uh, the, the tactics he has used to align everybody on the same page, uh, and especially under the circumstances he came uh, under as a coach, meaning it was not the best scenario for him, and he did an amazing job. Um, and ex- ex- especially what are the things that he's doing that maybe other coaches are not doing, and maybe go a step further and get his perspective on, I know this is um, probably because he's a very graceful guy. He's probably not gonna, he's gonna sugarcoat probably a little bit <laughs> as far as what are the things that the other coaches are not doing because he was the assistant coach of the national team and did that play, did that experience play a big part in his role now? And um, what is what is his secret formula? I mean, he's he's been very successful. And um, I think the MLS coaches would be, um, you know, could use some of those um, answers that maybe they are not, they are missing pretty much. And he's a very um, down-to-earth guy. I have watched him uh, doing the Brazil bound uh, studies on the uh, national team when uh, for the World Cup. Yep. Yep. And he's a very down-to-earth guy. And I think he's just going to say it as it is. So is there any way we can have a Q&A with him? That's a great question, Amelie. Of course, Jesse was actually on the show when we kicked off at 9 o'clock. Eric, you want to talk a little bit about Jesse's tactics? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it at, at length in terms of his, his tactics with the, with the high press. Uh, but I, th- I think the key uh, for this Red Bulls team has been that he defined it so clearly and so early. Uh, from from day one that he came in, I, I've talked to you know guys like Dax, Luis, and Sasha, and they've all said the same thing that uh, the first day that they came in, they you know he had a, a chat with the leadership council and told them, look, this is the way we're going to play. So there was really no confusion about anyone's roles on the team. That's why okay. you see players getting yes. slipped into those uh, into those positions. No matter who it is, yes. it seems like they fit seamlessly because there's a system in place, and yes. uh, every, everyone is. 
Good point. Okay. Right. And uh, as, as far as, uh, so, you know, you mentioned uh, the national team pedigree that he has. Uh, he, he mentioned it to me that, you know, he's, he's learned from Bob Bradley at his time in the national team, uh, as mm-hmm. well as Bruce Arena, some you know, two very uh, high quality American managers. And he's taken, he told me he took bits and pieces uh, of their managerial styles and he's learned to implement that with this Red Bulls team. So he's, he's so made a lot it, of strides. Uh, is it fair to say that he keeps his uh, system very simple and uh, very organized and he, he just, um, he has a specific method for the way they are playing the game, is, uh, which is more uh, uh, physical. Because I, I think I even I, I had a chance to ask him once, uh, Jesse Marshall, on, on social media um, about, and he was actually mentioning those in the Brazil Bound studies that he prefers at some moment, at some moments, to be more physical in the game and to do whatever it takes to win the game. Is that? Do you think that? Um, he had made that very clear to them, and that that had become the, their identity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's if if you look at the way that this this Red Bull team has played uh, over the course of the season, they've really stuck to their guns. Uh, I've asked him about it. You know, up, leading up to certain weeks, I'll ask him if he's going to change his tactics based on their strengths, and he's been very steadfast in saying that you know we're going to just do what we do best and let them worry about us, as opposed to coalescing and and trying to figure out how to counteract their strengths. So he's very uh, committed to his formula, and so far it's worked out for mm-hmm. the best for the Red Bulls. Okay, and uh, thank you for that. Last question is there any way um in a conversation with him maybe in the next show you guys can have him actually give the specific steps that he's doing in a given day with the team and um have like what 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 is his specific like what are the clear steps because this has been such an example for everybody to look at yes. how how this team had uh, they were pretty much last year uh, when new england beat them they were not in a quite great position and they had a good coach but right now everybody could learn so much from what jesse has done i think and without a great coach you can't have this this performance i don't think agree completely amelie we will definitely talk to him i I don't know if he will actually give away his state secrets but (laughs) we will definitely take it up with him thank you so much for calling in tonight thank you thank you guys great show thank you bye-bye it's uh, it's nice to have hardcore Jesse Marsh fans, and I, I don't know if Amelie is a coach herself. I have a sense that she certainly is, but uh, Jesse Marsh could do a lot in terms of teaching coaches how to coach. Here's area code 954 you're on Seeing Red. Who's this? This is TJ. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're good, TJ. How are you? What's going on? Well, I'm looking forward to the D.C. matchup. Obviously favorable for us considering the history this season. Don't want to look any further than that because then it gets less encouraging. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, listen, as we've said, New York two zero and one against DC this year. They've only scored two goals against uh, against New York in three games. Uh, we've kind of laid it out. Their biggest strength probably is Bill Hamid. That they're not a team that plays. Um, necessarily pretty soccer they won a lot of games late a lot of games late they scored a lot of late goals to tie or win games if you recall they they played and beat montreal before drogba arrived out there with one shot on goal their only shot they scored and won the game one nothing so um they they're kind of Not to take anything away, they're a playoff team. They have not played well down the stretch. Obviously, they were able to eke out a home win. The one thing, and we talked about it earlier in the show, 11-3-3 at home this season, as as most teams are good at home, but that's a a pretty solid home record. Um, And that's where they were able to jump out on New York 2-0, and uh, the Red Bulls were able to come back and tie the game in August. So... It will it will be interesting, and obviously, you know, given the static between Olsen and Petke that we saw for two seasons, I don't I don't know if there's a, a real rivalry yet between Olsen and Marsh. But over these two games, I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be a little snippy at each other. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when Olsen acts that way towards anybody, he's going to develop <laughs> a rivalry with that person. <laughs> That's true. Your prediction? Are you going to get to go to DC? Uh, I, I don't really know what to expect, which is kind of why I called in and wanted to ask you. DC obviously plays, uh, you know, what many people refer to as Benny Ball. It's scrappy. They kind of clog the mid midfield, hope to, you know, get a goal away from the run of play, maybe on the counterattack, and, you know, lock up shop, park the bus, whatever you want to call it. 
win games one nothing two to one. You know, there were a few outliers in this season, like that six four win against RSL at home. Mm-hmm. But usually, this is the way the DC win games. So, the attacking players for the Red Bulls, one of them is probably going to have to step up for them to win this series. And looking at Grella, Sam, and BWP, in, for those three in particular, which one do you think is most likely to step up against DC? And if you could work in maybe. BWP is kind of having a weird run of late. He scored a couple of goals recently where both were offset pieces. Are you a little bit worried about his form at all, or do you think that once the playoffs get going, we'll see the old 27 goal in a season BWP? Well, I mean, let's just say that 17 goal in a season BWP was also pretty good. So yeah, good, <laughs> good enough for fifth in the league. Uh, Lloyd Sam has the best, uh, the most goals against DC among active players. He has five goals against them all time. Um, you know, BWP, uh, I believe has four, one in the playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing, the X factor for me, of course, all year has been Grella because this is a guy that tries stuff and makes people sit up in their seat when he gets the ball. And he's fearless, and he presses, and they're going to make life very tough on, uh, on Bill Hamid. So as much as I'd like to say Sam does very well, and he does, and we've talked about that over the hour, uh, Grella for me is kind of where it's at as well. But listen, we're, uh, we're getting ready to close up shop. Thank you so much, TJ, for calling in. Thank you for having me. All right. Be well. We've got time for one more call. Yes, another caller, please, on Seeing Red Live, and then we'll put this one to bed. And it's area code 646. Who's this? Hey, this is Mike from uh, New York. How are you? Hey, Mike from New York. How are you? What do you want to talk about on Seeing Red Live? Uh, doing well, doing well. I just, I just want to – I'm trying to figure out the whole playoff system here. If we uh, beat D.C. or when we beat them – are we going to play the winner of the Vancouver and whoever gets in tonight, Portland and KC? No, it's it's East versus West in MLS playoffs. So we will get the winner of Columbus and Montreal. Oh, okay. In, in okay. The same in the out. same two goal, uh, two game aggregate goal series where um, away goals count as the tiebreaker, and then um, and then MLS Cup obviously is a single game. Sure, that- sure. The MLS making it real easy for us. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see Aguadelo's goal last night by any chance? Yes, we we did. See. We were actually together when it happened. It was really uh, it was incredible. And uh, just wondering, is DC going to uh, have any of the raccoons on the field this year? <laughs> Anyone know? Uh, I do know that there was a fire, Dan, at RFK yesterday before the game. Isn't that right? Yeah, I believe uh, five fire trucks pulled up. Uh, I, I haven't heard it. anything about the raccoon, the raccoons yet, but I think they may be planning a special halftime show. Uh, oh, that would be what nice. a dump. Well, uh, I gave up my season tickets this year. I was a Petke guy, but I've been supporting the team, uh, you know, in, in my heart, not financially. And I, I'm really surprised at what they did this year. Uh, and I'd really love to see him win the cup. So let me ask you this: United, yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask you this: as a Petke guy, you've you've watched this team. Are you? uh, What What would it take for you to return? Well, God, you know, now I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I bought my tickets back uh, because I'm sure somebody took my great seats that I had in uh, section 133, but. Um, you know, I was just upset at that move for various kind of personal reasons, I guess, on how they handled it. I still support the team. You know, I still go to a few games, but I I wait till I'm, I'm given tickets. I don't buy the tickets anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it would take, you know, uh, if I came back after they won the cup, I'd be a a total hypocrite. So I don't feel like I should do that. Well, um, is there any possible – I mean, listen, I, I don't begrudge, obviously. Uh, there were a lot of folks that were very undone over the way that Mike was treated uh, and said, you know, in a similar way to you, I'm, I'm done giving the club money. At the same time, one might argue that this team has – I mean, from a statistics, statistical standpoint, this is the best regular season team in club history. Most wins, most home wins, most points ever. And so I guess, uh, you know, everyone has to walk their own path. But I'm just kind of curious what it would take. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, if I came back after stepping away this season, you know, the guys in 133 would probably laugh at me and say, where was I this year? Um, 
You know, it was a hell of a season. The whole team without superstars really showed up, you know, and I was the one giving, uh, you know, Ollie and Jesse probably a lot of heat early on. I think Jesse did an awesome job. I can't really praise Ollie that much because I'm still a little bitter towards him for God knows why, but I just, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what, what, what it would take for me to come back. I don't, or if I did, I don't know if I'd make the full investment. All right. But hopefully well, Red Bull steps out and someone else buys the team, and then who knows? Then maybe I'll come back. Listen, I appreciate your honesty, and we thank you so much for listening. Love and, the show, uh, guys. Love the show. You're, you're the best show around. Thanks so much. Be well. Take care. All right. We're going to try and squeeze one more call in. It's area code 917. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, how are you? This is Akshay calling from Brooklyn. Akshay, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I was just hearing, though I guess I didn't finish hearing it, uh, we were just discussing um, bringing fans back after the whole Petkey thing, and I wanted to call in early and I decided not to, and this kind of brought up the point that I wanted to bring up earlier, that uh, uh, fans were upset about Petkey getting fired, not that he was replaced, which I think most people would have been okay with at some point, but the way it was done. Um, and obviously people are still upset about it. That brought this whole, like, oh, the season's going to be terrible. And of course, here we are. Uh, Vegas says that we have the best odds to get to MLS final, which is even weirder because we typically see ourselves as the underdog. So yeah. I want to know what you guys thought about us all of a sudden now not being viewed as the underdogs, which is kind of weird. And given Montreal's game today, I actually don't think we're the underdogs right now. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry, not, not that we're dealing with it. I think, I think Montreal is really good, and it's going to be a really hard team uh, for us to get to the final. Um, and, of course, that, I don't know. I, I think people can forgive uh, a little bit of what happened earlier in the season and uh, maybe just, you know, kind of reconcile it a little bit. And it's part of the game. It happens. We can still be upset about how it happened, and hopefully the Red Bull franchise will learn from that. Um, so I guess that's more of a point than a question. Okay, well, let's let's take on your your first point first and your second point Sarah, second. Eric, let's talk about New York being the favorite and playing as a favorite. Yeah, I saw a lot of consternation amongst the fan base these uh, past few days, and I think it was ESPN that put out uh, their, their pundits of their picks for uh, MLS Cup, and I think it was unanimous that uh, people were picking the Red Bulls, and that kind of sent the fan base into a frenzy, but I, I don't think that really means too much. I mean, I'm sure it'll, you know, some superstitious fans will, will not like that, but uh, in, in terms of the way that this team plays with that chip on their shoulder, th they don't care about uh, the expectations now because uh, Luis even told me today, he's like, we have, we have plenty of fuel. We have plenty of motivation. So uh, there, there's no shortage for uh, what they can draw on in terms of that underdog status uh, with that chip on their shoulder. So uh, that's going to continue on through the playoffs. doesn't matter that they've won the Shield. Uh, they still feel uh, you know, the slights that they felt in the offseason. They're carrying that forward, and uh, it'll still be present throughout the rest of the playoffs. Dan, you want to add here? I don't think I have much to add to that. Uh, I agree with Eric that they're going to find motivation however they can, uh, particularly if they can take it out of the media, uh, <laughs> as we've heard so much this week. Um, I, I will say that I think it is a weird feeling for people around this club to, to not have won the Shield, but to have now won it twice in three years, because this is a club that has not been used to success. And knowing that 2013 wasn't just, you know, a one-off and then there was going to be another long dry spell. You know, it, it, it's, I, I wrote in my piece after the game on Sunday, that this team is the most successful team in the New York City market over in this decade. They've won more silverware than anybody else. And, and that's a particularly odd thing to internalize given the 20 years of misery, uh, you know, that, that sort of preceded that. So I, I don't think the team are underdogs. I think there's a certain, there's a certain acceptance that this team can do more this year. Um, whether or not they will, you know, it's the playoffs. They're tough, fluky things happen. You get Mark Geiger out there, who knows? Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I think the team will show up throughout the playoffs. And no matter what the results are, I think that will be the thing that matters because, you know, we remember that Houston series. We remember, you know, coming out flat against New England last year. Uh, three years ago this week was Sandy, so you know I don't need to rehash 2012. No. We, we've seen it fall apart, and I think there's 
there's probably less fear of that this year. Yeah, I would agree. Ashke, listen, thank you so much for the call. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the last couple of callers dealing with their Red Bull petgy angst, but uh, and I and I really appreciate them calling and talking about it in a very honest, forthright way. But the the playoff train is getting to leave the station, and Jesse and Ollie and Dax and Sasha and Luis and Bradley are in front. And so, whether you were uh, whether you were undone in two thousand six or you were undone in January of two thousand fifteen, this team needs your support. They need as many people heading to D.C. on Sunday. We still don't know what time the game is going to be played um, as possible, and we definitely need everybody here on uh, November 8th supporting the team at home. Um, We want to thank you so much for calling in. You may have seen we had over 5,200 listeners live. It was fantastic. Another stellar seeing Red Live. Maybe as the playoffs go on, we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper. We'll try this again. Uh, I'd like to thank my erstwhile uh, hosts, Dan Dickinson and Eric Giacometti, for joining us. I'd like to thank producer Trevor, and I'd like to thank you for listening. For everyone at Seeing Red and Seeing Red Live, thank you so much. Let's go Red Bulls, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody.